Cynthia Murphy and I'm Georgia Bowers and this is Delete My Browser History. Hello again. Hello. Um, So it's been like a couple of weeks in recording time but it's been half an hour for me and Georgia. We've just had lunch and then come yeah, back. Yeah, lunch. So we've caught up already. <laughs> um, we have, we've had a lovely day so far haven't we? Yeah, it's been very nice. We've had a guest this morning um talked about very weird thing when I so because I apologize now I know a couple of like earlier episodes my sound was a bit funny so when we had the guest I went back and checked my audio afterwards and the bit that I happened to click on was me going oh Valentine's pornographic mice (laughs) (laughs) and I was like so that sums up pretty much the episode with that guest. yeah pretty much um so look forward to that one guys <laughs> actually you might have already heard it it might have <laughs> i've lost track now um right i'm gonna start then because last week i talked about the hands resisting which was a haunted painting so at the minute i'm having a great old time looking at haunted paintings cursed objects um i think my new book is going to have a collection of like these weird kind of things in so it's been quite fun so I came across a few more, um, let's say supposedly haunted or cursed paintings. And one of them I've got a bit of detail on, and then the others I've just got tiny little light bits and bats. So I've kind of combined them all together. So I think this one might be my favourite one, even though it's very random. So it's called Man Proposes, God Disposes. Oh. Yeah, so already it's like creepy so it's an 1864 oil on canvas painting and it's by a guy called edwin landseer who was responsible for the lions around nelson's column so he designed those as well so he was like a really famous artist back in the day and the painting itself is inspired by franklin's lost expedition so um i didn't look this i didn't look too much into this because it would have been a whole different topic But um, some rich guy called Franklin did an expedition to the Arctic, going off exploring, you know, trying to kind of find things that hadn't been found before or, you know, do some cartography, draw maps Mm -hmm. and stuff. And the the whole expedition went missing. So the whole boat, everything, it just disappeared. They were. That was in 1845. So this paintings like 10 years later um it shows two polar bears and they are in the wreckage of a ship you can see the mast you can see the sails that are all ripped and tattered and they're eating something um you can see a telescope you can see all this damage and then there's like human bones in there as well so it's basically making out the you know polar bears ate the bodies of the people on on this expedition um apparently the meaning behind it is showing humanity and civilization being defeated by nature which i think is kind of a it's a bit like dystopian isn't it yeah quite ahead of its time that thing of like nature reclaiming stuff um so it hangs in the royal holloway university of london collection and it's the subject of superstitions and an urban myth that it's haunted Mm -hmm. So it hangs in a university, so it's all, 
you know, teenagers, people in their early 20s around it all the time. So I'll go back to the title. It's a translation of a Latin phrase, which is from a German book called The Imitation of Christ. And the phrase itself means that kind of um, the like. So man proposes, you know, man-made civilization and then God disposes is the nature taking right. over aspect of it. So that's what that means. Um, but apparently it was quite a popular phrase at the time and it was on like a Dutch coin and it was on something else and just Victorians, man. <laughs> it was exhibited at the 1864 Royal Academy Summer Exhibition and Lady Franklin was invited. So I assume Lady Franklin is the expedition guy's wife, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but apparently she refused to view the painting because it was offensive, which I get. Like, yeah, you know. Hmm. So it is apparently well documented, and I say apparently because I I couldn't find these documents or this documentation uh, that students at Royal Holloway believe that the painting is cursed or haunted. So there is a legend that started in around the 1920s or 30s and carried on all the way up to the 1960s um, and up to now from some later reading as well. Was there anyone who sat in front of that painting? So it's in a picture gallery and they have exams in there. Mm. Um, so anyone who sat in front of that painting would fail their exam. Uh, that was like the, which oh, I, I really brilliant. like that. Yeah. Um, and it's now a college tradition to cover it up with a Union Jack while exams oh. are happening. Oh, and brilliant. that apparently is in the 70s. Um, a student refused to sit the exam and said, I can't sit here, I'm going to fail. So mm. the invigilator went and grabbed the biggest thing they could find to cover it up, which happened to be a Union Jack, mm. you know, because of course, um, and threw it over it. And then every year since it's become this tradition that it's covered up in exam times. Oh, that, I love that. I love that too. It's really good. That's yeah. a that's the start. That's a little nugget of a story there, I think. Oh, yeah. Um. So then that developed into its own like urban legend. And then there's these stories that a student actually killed themselves in an exam. Um. There's no documentation. And it's been said it was a girl. It's been said it was a boy. There's three different ways they killed themselves. My favourite favorite one was with a pencil. Yeah. Um. So apparently they wrote on their unfinished exam paper, the polar bears made me do it, and then put the pencil on the table yeah. and slammed their head into it and yeah. killed themselves. Um. So no university record of a death occurring in the picture gallery, though. So, but it's this, it's, it's been passed on and on and on. And, you know, it's just this great urban legend. So that was all I really found. So then I went on Reddit and I had another look around, but it was the same kind of stuff regurgitated. But there was two things that I found. So the BBC had an article about how the ship that the picture was based on that had gone missing was actually found in 2014. Oh. So I'm going to read about that. That sounds really, I'd, I'd love to know like what they found yeah. on it. But again, it would have been a whole different topic. So I've not looked at that. And then I went on to Reddit just to see if there was any like, some people like to put their first hand stories and stuff on there, don't they? And <laughs> the only one I could find was um, somebody had put, 
Royal Holloway University have an American football team that is called the Bears? Does anyone know if this is like related to the painting? And then uh, someone chimed in and went, yes, I can attest that this is true because I was a cheerleader for the team and we were called the Tomcats. I just love how funny is that? The Bears and the Tomcats at English mm. University. So I never looked up if they were real, but very, very funny. And the book I'm writing at the minute, it's set in America. And there's an American football team at the school and they're called the Bears. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I just yeah, good made idea. up as a name that worked. And then I've called the cheerleaders the Honey Bears because I thought that oh. was really funny. <laughs> you've got the English girl going, oh, my God, you're called what? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, but it's just so normal. Uh, the Honey Bears. That's a weird coincidence. So this will be quick now because I've got... Four, four paintings. So when I had a look at like haunted paintings, there's a few, like there's one called The Crying Boy and apparently wherever it turned up, something would set on fire um, mm. and stuff like that. But there was no backstory or there was no reason, like the one we talked about last week. There were, you know, no one was saying, oh yeah, I was in a terrible place no. when I painted it and yeah. maybe it's that. Um, but there was a few that caught my attention. So there's one called The Dead Mother. I think it has a different name as well. I think it might be The Crying Girl or The Screaming Girl. And it's an Edvard Munch painting. Um, so in the picture, it's a bit like The Scream. It's a girl with hands on her face. She just looks very sad, though. Um, and there's a body in the bed behind her of a woman. <clears throat> and she's clearly dead. Um, and apparently Edvard Munch lost his mum and his siblings to tuberculosis. Oh. So it's thought that this is like yeah. in reference to that. So people who see this painting claim that they feel uneasy and that the little girl's eyes follow them around the room. But then some of them also say that when they're near the painting, they hear the rustling of bedsheets. Oh. I know I really liked that, but wouldn't you shit yourself? Oh yeah, wouldn't you? If that's hundred percent. Mm. And then I was reading, uh, and another article helpfully went. They think that's from the mother in the bed. I thought, oh. yeah, yeah, we got that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks um, for that. This one I think is my favourite. It's so disturbing. The picture. It's so it's called the anguished man, and it's by an unknown artist. And now it says an unknown artist, but then it gives us a fact about the artist so i don't really know mm. if he's unknown on purpose or if it's just all made up so the painting is of this it's like a red and orange figure with like a big wide open mouth and i've said it's like if a sex doll met a crash test dummy <laughs> that is what it looks like it's this really and then i've put like in little writing because i was kept thinking what does it remind me of and it was a gimp mask Oh. Like, it's got this weird face that you know very like not it's humanoid but it's very yeah. smooth and the eyes are not right and um so i put it's known because i don't know how it's known if the artist is unknown that the artist mixed his own blood into the paint and then killed himself so to me that's an Did origin story yeah 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 
Um, whoever bought it, says current owner, heard whispering and crying at night. He had it hanging in his bedroom. Oh. Like, this picture is horrific. It's so oh. scary. It's really disturbing looking. Um, yeah, so he just hung it in his bedroom. He heard whispering and cry- crying, and he saw a shadowy figure in his room. So, um, but have a look at that one. There is something, there's something off about that one. Right. At least he didn't put it in his four-year-old daughter's bedroom like the other guy. Maybe he just didn't have a four-year-old to talk with it. Maybe it's like, where's the next best place I could put it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I came across this yesterday. I've never heard of this artist before. Um, The paintings of Arshil Gorky. So the paintings he painted from 1904 to 1938. And apparently there's like loads of stories about these that they fell from the wall. They caught on fire. They caused visitations from a black haired ghost in a blue overcoat, which is quite specific. Um, So all these weird things happened around his paintings. And then on March the 1st in 1962, there was an aeroplane and it was carrying 87 passengers, eight crew members and 15 abstract paintings by Gorky. And two no. minutes after takeoff, it crashed into a swamp, killed everybody on board, and destroyed all the paintings. Gosh. Mm-hmm. So he might be a good one to look at in the future. Uh, and then the last one is just gross, to be quite honest. Uh, it's Pogo the Clown. It's a 1990s oh. self portrait of serial killer John Wayne Gacy. Oh. Um, I know when, mm. when he was in prison, he used to paint and people would buy them. Oh, and ugh, which is just horrible. So this was bought by a musician called Nicky Stone in 2001 for $3,000. Oh. Um, and apparently he regretted it immediately when he got it home and his dog died and then his mother got cancer. Oh. <laughs> um, so he said he didn't want to keep it anymore. So a friend offered to keep it and then their neighbour was killed in a car crash. So then a second friend stored it, but later attempted suicide. The painting was never hung on a wall and was later given to a local art dealer. Why would you offer to keep a painting for somebody? Especially that they thought had like bad juju attached to it. Just be like, I'm not going to keep it for you. I'm not going to store it for you. I'll help you drive to the tip with it, though. No, that's the kind of thing you set on fire, isn't exactly. it? Yeah, that's the kind of thing you just burn. <clears throat> so, yeah, there we go. Some haunted, a selection of haunted paintings. Yeah, I think some of those, I, I feel like they're more, it's more feasible that they'd be haunted. Yeah, with, that one, the guy know, mixing his own blood in. A bit of blood, yeah. yeah. And then being yeah. like driven to madness and going to kill himself afterwards. Yeah, yeah. No, we love a haunted object. We do. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so mine's my topic is different from what I just spoke about last week. This is a bit more slavery. <laughs> uh, I'm taught. I don't know why I came across this. I think it might have been from when I started writing Legend Buried, the one about the guy who Nicholas Valentine, who they yeah, bury under the crossroad. Yeah yeah that's it and then when they cut the tree down he comes back to life and then it's a whole like escapade to try and 
you know, stop all these things from happening. But obviously that never saw the light of day, that one. But I think I was playing around with the idea of doppelgangers in that one as well. So I'm going to talk about doppelgangers today. <sighs> yeah, a bit of do- doppelgang action. I oh. used to be really, really scared of doppelgangers. Did you? Yeah. So I read about them in, I want to say like good old Reader's Digest. I read a story or something. Yeah. It was like if you saw one, it meant that you were going to die. And yeah. I, for years, I was absolutely terrified. Yeah. Well, um, I had when I was at school, there was this girl who looked exactly like me. And she was the total opposite of me because when I was at school you can imagine I was all like you know mousy in the library very quiet and you know obeying the rules and she was the total opposite and I used to be walking down the hallway and I'd get shouted at by a teacher just for walking and then I'd turn around and they'd be like oh sorry Georgia I thought do you know what her name was I'm gonna say it I'm just gonna say her first name her name was Storm wow how cool is that that is really I mean Sound like she lived up to it as well. Oh, she did, yeah. But she, it was like, it was, we were like the opposites of each other. We were like classic doppelgangers. But anyway, I'll tell you her last name after. I won't say it on here, but she had <laughs> such a cool name, honestly. She, yeah. She used to have a leather jacket that said Storm on it. Like, oh, Storm. that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, back to doppelgangers. <laughs> so Wikipedia, the, uh, explains doppelgangers. It's, basically a biologically unrelated lookalike or a double of a living person literally translated to double goer a traditional doppelganger is the ghostly counterpart of a living person and seeing one was believed to foreshadow bad things um it's a german word they reckon uh first known use is in a book by somebody called jean paul which doesn't sound very german but he used the word doppelganger with a T. And now it's appeared in loads of stories, the whole idea of doppelgangers, lo- in loads of like fiction, short stories, creepy pastors, urban legends, um, so many TV shows and, and all sorts. So this idea that another version of yourself is 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 obviously something that's truly horrifying to people. Yeah. And so I always think of Vampire Diaries, you know, with Katrina Petrova and yeah. Catherine Pierce. That was, yeah. she, they were doppelgangers, weren't they? And then we have Buffy with Willow from Doppelgangland and then reappearing yeah. in The Wish. There was a Midnight Club episode, wasn't there, about a doppelganger? What's that? Well, she was the ballerina. She she wanted to be a ballerina? Yeah. Oh, then, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a good one. <laughs> I've written Parent Trap. That would be a, just a different movie. Yeah. And Blood Brothers, did you ever do that at school? That was kind of about one, twins, wasn't it? Separated twins. Yeah. One of my favourite ever sweary phrases comes from Blood Brothers because I remember doing it at school and thinking, I can't believe they've let us read that word. And yeah. then thinking, what a brilliant sentence. And it was one of them says, um, I couldn't give a flying fuck to a rolling donut. Oh, <laughs> it's just brilliant! Like, yeah, that is what good. a great phrase. And you've got to imagine it in like a Scouse accent. Oh yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yeah. Just so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I've written Twin Peaks as well. You didn't? Did you watch Twin Peaks? No, I think I was just a little bit too young. I think it was a bit too grown up for me when it was actually on telly, yeah. and then I never went back to it. No, and I don't know if it's one of those things that the nostalgia has just completely overshadowed the quality mm. of it or yeah. not. Like I watch it now and be like, oh, I love it, but you might be like, uh, yeah, don't know what the fuss is about. That had a lot. That sort of featured a bit of doppelganger stuff going on. And anyways, yeah, Stephen King and Clive Barker. Everybody has has explored this whole idea of of doppelgangers. So in other parts of the world, they have different words for the same sort of thing. In Francis Gross's provincial glossary of 1787, he used the term fetch instead, oh. which means apparition of a, a living person. I've put Francis, stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, oh, I tried to get a reference to that into my new book and it just didn't work and I had to cut oh, it. Gutted. Shame. Um, so, fetch yeah, is something sorry. else as well, isn't it? A fetch. fetch is it the dog is it black dog a fetch i don't know well it's a it's an art part of irish folklore so it, you may have heard heard it elsewhere yeah and basically it, this term it's a supernatural double or apparition of a living person and the sight of a fetch is an omen it means that you're going to die and in ancient egyptian mythology a car which is ka was a spirit spirit double having the same memories and feelings as 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 its counterpart and then in norse mythology they call it a vardo vardoga it's the same sort of thing basically so according to myth seeing a doppelganger was considered to be bad news it would be impending death for if you saw yourself as your own doppelganger then you die but if you saw someone you know then it means that they're going to die so how would you know whether you're seeing a doppelganger? Because you could just see one of your mates in Aldi or something. And, yeah. you know, but apparently doppelgangers don't have shadows and they don't oh. have reflections. Does that sound like anything we know? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, do, do vampires have shadows? I don't think. I don't think. Oh, they can't go out in the day. No, so we'd never know. Mm. We'd never know unless they slapped on the factor 50 yeah and risked it anyway if you're yes also if you met your doppelganger and they were like chatting to you they just give you bad advice and and tell you to do things that you probably shouldn't be doing so that and it would ultimately lead to your demise basically so they would they just be like, yeah, you should do that. Go on that skydiving holiday. That's a really good <laughs> idea. And also, if that doesn't work, they'll just act up and make all your friends think that you've gone, that you've lost it, because they'll just act completely out of character and do really wild things and uh, make everybody mm -hmm. think that you've you've lost your mind. So connected to doppelgangers, there's this whole idea of twin strangers, and there's like a bit more belief in all of this. We're going to go through all of this. So. There's an online phenomenon, apparently, of people finding their twin. I've Have you seen, come this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, um... There's quite a few websites, and it's basically like a database of images, so you can upload your... It seems like a bit of a stupid thing to do, really. I'm going to upload my image to this massive database of people. Yeah, and... but you don't think of stuff like that when you like no. to, do you? Um, no, that's it. Yeah, I've seen ones where... I don't know if it's a French photographer 
where he will get people who will like look like twins but they're completely different and you can see it's like the have you heard that phrase um like same person different font yes so it's like that's what it's like it's like the same person but there's like these differences that you can't quite put your finger on what's different yeah do you remember do you remember when we'd we were talking once about and I'd been out with my sister and I was telling you about this really handsome waiter that I'd managed to sneak a picture of and then you were telling me about a really handsome waiter you and Luke saw when you were on holiday and then we both sent each other our handsome waiter photographs and they could have been twins they were really do you not remember that no they were completely separate people but they they looked exactly the same I only remember the um I only remember who you're talking about because we were in America and Luke just kept going, Oh my god, he looks like elf. <laughs> so that's how I know who you mean. Oh god. Uh, yeah, it was really funny. But some of these people on this twin thing, they have actually found their twins and met up with them and they're aghast by how similar they are, but nobody has reported that this has been their undoing or anything. So that would freak me out. Yeah, not I officially. wouldn't like that. No, I, I wouldn't like it either. Real life examples of doppelgangers. So in 1845, there was a teacher called Emily Segy who was working at a French language speaking school in Latvia. She was 32 and she was very popular and the girls liked her at the school and she um, was, you know, a good teacher and everything. But she started to have this rumour following her around that there was actually two of her because over a period of time, people kept seeing her in two places. So one day she was writing on the blackboard and a second Miss Saget appeared in front of the class, mimicking her movements in front of the whole class. And yeah, another time she was sitting eating in the dining room when another Miss Saget appeared again. And this kept happening until one day all the girls were in the school hall and they saw Miss Saget picking flowers in the school's garden. And when their teacher left the room, her double suddenly appeared at the front of the room staring at them. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what that's about. But she she never saw the double, apparently. But when the other when the double appeared, she would suddenly go really pale and slow. Oh, yeah. So she eventually was fired, which I think is a bit unreasonable. That is you can't, a bit harsh. You can't control your doppelganger. Everyone knows that. Uh, but I think, I think it was um, astral projection. Well, yeah. They she do went all pale. Yes, there, there is a bit of astral projection possibility in all of this. Hmm. And, yeah, she just was – it was too scary for everyone involved. Yeah. So she had to go. Apparently, Queen Elizabeth I saw her a version of herself laying on her deathbed the day before she died. Ooh. This is a bit like premonitions as well, isn't it? Yeah, because there's that Abraham Lincoln one, isn't there, that he... Uh, yeah, that's here. So he told he told his wife that he was looking in the mirror and he saw two versions of his face and one of them was really pale. And she interpreted interpreted this as that he would be re-elected, but he wouldn't survive. And then... He was assassinated like 42 days into his second term. So there's a lot around Abraham Lincoln and, and um, yeah, sort of foreshadowing death and stuff. 
Percy Shelley, who was Mary Shelley's hubby. Yeah. He was visited by his doppelganger before he, da- he before he died in a sailing accident. Apparently, a few days before he left on this on this fateful journey, he was he followed. He saw a figure that he that was him, and he followed him um, from their Italian beach house out onto the seashore and watched the figure just point silently at at the at the sea at like the crashing waves, and then he just disappeared. Oh, yeah. Why does that make me think of? <laughs> Makes me think of that scene out of Father Ted where he's been on the beach and Dougal's big head comes behind him. <laughs> uh, John Donne, who is the English metaphysical poet, saw his wife's doppelganger in 1612 in Paris the same night um, as it, the stillbirth of, of their daughter. Which is very strange, yeah. And then a Catherine the Great apparently saw her doppelganger riding towards herself on a horse, and she was so terrified that she ordered her soldiers to shoot at it. I think I would. <laughs> oh, it's weird because I always think of those, um, like the scene they will do in a a movie or a program where it's like, no, I'm the real, and the yeah. person's in the middle, like, who do I shoot? Who do yeah. I kill? It's like, or, no, I'm yeah. the real one. Yeah, and Xander, Xander gets split in two, doesn't he? Yeah. You know how they feel like that. Personality. He's got a twin brother, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. His twin brother's much nicer than he is. Oh. Anyway, anyway but yeah, that there's that bit where they're like, I'm the real one, I'm the real one. Yeah. And then Zon- and then Anya wants to keep them both. Yeah, she? Anya's like, oh, just for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is there any is there any truth in all of this? Can it be explained by science? So there's an assistant professor at Cornell University, and he says that there's only so much genetic diversity to go round until you get to the point where like there just is going to be really strong resemblances of people showing up, which explains the twin people project thing that online yeah. are people finding people that look like themselves uh there was a thing recently i think you might have mentioned this or we've talked about it before but there was a guy who was released from prison after nine years for being uh convicted of something that he didn't do he was innocent but they found finally found the real guy and when he came out of prison and he saw the photograph of the actual criminal even he said that like i i would think that that's me that oh they just look so similar, so similar. So it is a it is a thing. Um, in some cases, seeing your ghostly double can mean some kind of neurological disorder. There was a man who woke one night or didn't wake. I don't know. Maybe he was kind of between sleep and waking, but he saw himself standing at the end of his bed. So he was lying in bed and he he like opened his eyes and. He was standing at the end of the bed, like that's pretty creepy. Yeah, uh, and he'd been experiencing seizures though before he'd had this vision. So when he went to the doctor, and he actually, sorry, before that, he was so scared he jumped out the window, and then ended up in hospital. And they found out that he had a brain tumor, and that's what was causing that's what was causing these hallucinations. Yeah, I was going to say because jumping out the window is not a no a rational. I mean, I know you might be scared, but yeah. it's not a rational thing to do, is it? No. And 
also when you hear someone jumping out of a window do you immediately imagine them crashing through the glass or do you imagine them opening the window first and then jumping out of it because double glazed windows oh. you, that's what you'd have to do so you, i imagine that it's already open i think right. my brain just removes like having to do anything yeah i only jump out because it's open but um oh what was i gonna say Uh, yeah, so on one of the early episodes, I did pareidolia, which I still yeah. don't know if that's how you say it. So I think people look for patterns naturally. And yeah. people do love saying like, oh, don't you look like such a body? Or yeah, have you ever had it? I've never really had it much because I don't think I really look like anyone. Like I certainly don't look like anyone famous or anything. But then uh, a couple of times, like, I remember there was a, Oh God, like an awards thing and Simon Cowell was that, you know, that was on telly, like the Brit Awards or something. And there's this blonde woman sat next to him and Luke's friend sent it to him saying, oh my God, is Cynthia at this thing? Oh. He did a picture and we were like, that could not look less <laughs> like me. But they were absolutely adamant that this person looked like, and it, it uh. not one bit looked like me, but people love doing that and like finding patterns and matching things up and do you know what i like doing and this is a weird gift i like doing um love childs i don't like making love childs (laughs) let me rephrase that so when you've got like an actor or a celebrity that they look like they would be the love child of some another celebrity and another celebrity and whenever i say it to kirk he's like oh my god yeah (laughs) you are absolutely spot on absolutely spot on yeah so that's probably a bit of a pattern thing as well but I used to when I was younger not now I used to get people would say do you know who you look like and I'd be like Sophie Ellis Baxter I used to get that all the time oh really yeah yeah I think she's got a bit of a wider jaw than me yeah she's got a very pointy chin yeah I wish I looked like her now she's aged really well anyway anyway Oh, thanks. So, sorry, where did we get to? So, yeah, he jumped out of the window and ended up in hospital. And that's obviously when they found out that he had this tumour. And they said that this is something called the doppelganger effect. But there's another word for this as well, which I will get into later. But it's basically when a person can hallucinate that they're actually seeing or interacting with another me because of some kind of neurological thing that's going on, a visual double. So, yes. So, you're right, Sorry, yeah, I just keep yawning. <laughs> uh, I'm not so bored, we'll get... I'm just tired. <laughs> <laughs> I won't take it personally. <laughs> We're getting into the physics-y sort of side of it now. And people apparently report seeing their duplicates on the street all the time. And like other people, like your friend being like, oh, look, that's Cynthia on, on the... But yeah. yeah, I suppose it's dependent on the observer, really, because it sometimes be. you see what you want to see, Yeah. Saying that, one of my friends used to work in a coffee shop near here and for ages and ages and ages, actually, we were talking about this the other night. Um, She kept going, there's a, a girl in the town that we live in. She was like, who looks just like you? She said she keeps coming in for a coffee and she's like, and I always think it's you and it's not. And oh. I was like, who? Well, we figured out later on, it was my sister. Oh. Because they had never met. <laughs> Well, then me and my sister have never thought that we looked alike, but she was no. convinced it was me coming in for a coffee. And then we finally figured out it was my sister. That's that's really funny. Isn't it weird? But yeah, because I, 
me and my sister I don't think we really look alike you've seen pictures of my sister I can you? see the resemblance yeah yeah and I was I mean people can because when I was at school I like would go into my first class of sixth form and the teacher would say oh my god you're Emily's sister like just immediately and I was working at a library a couple of years ago and my sister used to work at the school that was local to the library as well and I was working at the library and I had my glasses on and I was wearing a face mask because it was like covid times and I walked in and this woman said oh my goodness are you Emily's sister and I was like how yes how can you tell you've got the same forehead yeah, she was one of the parents from the school that my sister worked at. No way. I was just like, that's crazy. Anyway, mm-hmm. so yes, they this I, this um, idea of seeing people on the street that could be your double, they call it bilocation, this phenomenon of bilocation. And the, a paranormal, there's a paranormal investigator called Lee Roberts, and he says that now exploring this sort of uh, paranormal type stuff, it's people sort of tend to look at it with more of a scientific view now so this idea that um we're more focused on looking at the idea of different dimensions and time phases that operate at the same time this whole idea of many worlds theory and he says that could it be that someone from another one of these worlds or dimensions has managed to find a way into into our current time or dimension I mean, that's just a bit too mind-blowing for me. And also, like, yeah. upside down much from Stranger Things. That's cool, isn't it? So there's I a always little... wondered why in Stranger Things they didn't have um, other versions of people. Yeah, doppelgangers, yeah. of, of may- Maybe in the next series. Maybe in the next oh. series. Maybe there has been one for the last four seasons, Cynthia, and we oh, don't know. That would be <gasps> good. Yeah. Anyway, maybe... Trademark. Will uh copyright yeah come and talk yeah. to me duffer brothers yeah if you want, if you want some input yeah. if you want a good storyline yeah <laughs> you need some help um that reminds me of a thing i was listening to about someone saying how maybe ghosts are just like a time slip type thing so yeah if you see a ghost of a victorian person in your kitchen but they might see you and they might be in their Victorian kitchen and they might be yeah. like, who is that person? And then it's gone. Yeah. And you both think you've seen like a ghost, but it's just there a was, weird time slip. Well, yeah, there was a, another guy who was walking down the street and then passed himself coming the other way. That's he was weird. like, oh, that was weird. Ten years later, he was walking down the street the other way and he passed himself again. Oh, my God. He passed it. So that really does kind of like suggest that there might be a bit, a bit of a time slip. Yeah, because um, there's a really haunted street apparently in Liverpool where stuff like that happens all the time. Oh, wow. Like a time travel street. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so there's another... There's another professor. There's lots of, you know, professors and and very smart people discussing all of this stuff. His name is Christopher French and he's a leading animalistic, animalistic, he's not like an animal, anomalistic, like an anomaly, (laughs) psychologist at Goldsmiths. And he's, so that's the study of human behaviour connected to the paranormal. And he says that, like like we discussed before with the, the guy who had the brain tumor, he said mental illnesses like schizophrenia and stuff and other conditions like that, they can cause hallucinations. And it's known as hutoscopy, H-E-A-U-T, oscopy. 
Uh, and he says, but often it's not it. It's not always people have those kind of conditions and often they're not it's not reported because people are so worried that they've like seen themselves walking down the street or, you know, they just think I'm not going to tell anybody that's happened because they're going to think that I'm I've lost my mind. But how do we know that? It's something wrong with the brain. How do we know that it's not just something different in someone's brain that makes them able to see things that we can't? Yeah, something right, not something wrong. Yeah. And so just a little statistic statistic here. It says that people who normally report seeing doppelgangers are usually of the age between like 20 and 40, 20 to 40 year olds. And they said that this kind of makes sense because if you think of your life like from that like 20 to 40 you know you're like getting your first job trying to climb the career ladder like maybe trying to meet somebody buying a house like just loads and loads of stress just mm. modern day living is just so stressful so and it's all like a perfect storm for kind of creating stress but also a, a lack of sleep sometimes this is when people have these hallucinations and they said also that younger people tend to be like out on the razzle dazzle a bit more and drinking a bit more and so again that's something else that if you're not sleeping if you're not getting enough sleep then you're more prone to seeing this sort of stuff yeah 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 and they do connect it with sleep paralysis as well which again is another thing if you're not sleeping properly or what have you where you sort of between that sleep and wake and you think you're experiencing something in your head that your body hasn't caught up with yet doesn't know that you're still asleep so that's how they explain it as well so i don't mm-hmm. think i don't think we need to be worried about meeting our actual doppelgangers and yeah. them talking us into doing something really stupid so yeah no they no i don't need myself to talk me into something stupid <laughs> do it like yourself yeah <laughs> Maybe maybe that's it though. Maybe it would be dangerous. Maybe just another you going, yeah, go on. You're like, yeah, mm. I, how can I be wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a really uh, it, it's a really creepy idea. The idea that there is somebody else that looks just like you and has all your me- all your memories and all of your mannerisms and everything. And they could just trick everyone that you know into believing that you're that they're you and it's just a recipe for disaster whenever there's a a doppelganger in a tv show or in a book or whatever it it just never works out well no it's always tragic isn't it oh yeah yeah you just think oh no this is not going to be good i think the story that um really scared me when i was younger is similar to the shelly one and i think Mm. it was a girl who saw her doppelganger but like and followed it through the woods and then had an accident and you know, so it was that eerie kind of, but didn't like speak to the doppelganger, yeah. but just saw it like going yeah. past the trees, and and that something about that really stuck with me forever. But then now it wouldn't bother me. No, thinking about it doesn't bother me. But yeah, if you were out like walking in the woods and you thought you saw yourself, yeah, that would be scary. That would be scary. Seeing anybody when you're out walking in the woods is scary. But if it's like you, yeah, I think you probably would go after them as well because you there'd be a part of you that's like, oh, I want to make sure they're okay. I want to make sure I'm okay. Yeah. With. Or you'd be like, is you know, like, yeah. is that a family member? Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's quite weird. 
Yeah. Let me see. No, you can't see it. Lowly's just asleep behind me and she's just rolled over, just belly out in the air. Twitching her little legs now because she can hear me. (laughs) So that's doppelgangers. Very good. Oh, look, she's had enough. She's gone. Um, yeah, scary. It, I feel like it was in the bracket of human combustion and mm. quicksand. Qu- quicksand. And, like, they were the things that I was scared of as a kid, and I'm sure I read about all of them in Reader's Digest. Now, my friend Kathy, who I have given a shout-out to before, we were discussing these things that you used to be terrified of as children and quicksand was her thing because she was just really concerned about quicksand everywhere she went because yep. it was a thing, wasn't it? I was telling and my niece yesterday how in the 80s being scared of quicksand was a thing and like when yeah. are we going to come across it? Yeah, and you don't hear about it now. You don't hear about quicksand. I tell you no. the other thing as well, this is not really the same thing, but there was a lot of talk about not putting plastic bags over your head as a child. <laughs> yeah. That was like drummed into you. And you you don't really hear that anymore. And we were discussing it and we were like, maybe when we were children, like plastic bags were like quite a newfangled thing. And it was like one of those things yeah. they were like, oh, you have to be careful of them. Also, white dog poo. You don't you don't hear about not licking no. white dog poo these days. But then I think that's because we have to pick it up. Like in the eighties, you didn't have to pick up your dog shit. It just you'd just have it <laughs> anywhere you white. wanted. Yeah, yeah. Let it go white. Let a kid lick it, and then they go blind. <laughs> <laughs> That's the you know Step Brothers, isn't it? Where the kid <laughs> yeah. is trying to make him lick the white dog poo. <laughs> yeah, and I think part of this, not the white dog poo, and not the plastic bags, is because of those public announcement adverts that they used to do in the 80s and there was one that was really and I read about it in the 14 times recently because I really remember it and it was kids on a farm and how dangerous farms are and one by one these kids are like picked off on playing around this farmyard and one of them like ends up in like you know the front of a tractor and another one like oh drowned in he, he goes into a shed that's obviously like it's like a grain store or something Silo. And he jumps off and he just like he sinks into it like quicksand they are scary though i think there's that's either on a film or in a book that i've read where that happens yeah that is scary because yeah. there's no traction like you are just gonna sink and yeah like crushed by this grain Ooh. yeah not nice but anyway, sorry, that took a bit of a, <laughs> a turn, didn't it? It always does. It always does, yeah, yeah. that's true. Okay. Always. Uh, yeah, okay. See you next week. Yeah, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Browser history deleted.